Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. TPV Radio, Central Texas. You're listening to the hottest, most off-controversial, off-the-meters Christian radio station in the land. In the land. In the Psalmist Voice Radio Network. Are you ready to walk, family? Let us go! There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of the coronavirus. Wash your hands. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Cover your cough or sneeze. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects. And remember, you're safer at home. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by Live 365 and this station. What's good, radio family? The Thomas Voice Radio Network has an all-star lineup just for you. Just pick your flavor. Starting with on Sundays, the Thomas Voice Reloaded at 2 p.m. Central Standard Time, followed by Satellite with Michael Ceballos at 4.30 p.m. Mondays, The Grub at 12 noon. Darcy Patterson, the reality coach, at 6 p.m. Tuesdays, Victory Over the Weights of Life with Sister Deanne Labrine at 6 p.m. Fridays, Real Talk with Pastor Byron Sago at 4 p.m. Saturdays is our triple hitter, and it starts off with Saturdays for Fest with Sister Lorraine Brown, followed by Brother Now Presents with Pastor Gene Homer at 4 p.m. and Moto Guard Nation with Sandra Grace at 7 p.m. The Thomas Voice presents by appointment only. Coming soon, TPV Radio's open mic open to all pastors, preachers, and artists, and we're going to get it in to be announced. You can also catch us on Live 365, 24-7. Just search the Thomas Voice Radio Network, and you're in there. Walk with us, family. Let's go. At Javina Distributing, we got your covering for your winter and summer needs. One size fits all. To order yours today, please message them on Facebook at Javina Distributing or call 616-929-2991 or 517-489-6923. Or you can order from the website, www.allsportsheadgear.com, and type in promo code SIRON2020 to receive 20% off your purchase. Let's get it. Let's go. At Majal's Products, we care for a better you with our handmade natural ingredients to give you healthier skin, 
body, and stronger hair. Like our face, foot, hair, and body care products. To order yours today, please visit our website at www.majowsproducts.com or on Facebook at Majows Products. Get yours today and get your faster results without breaking the bank. You never heard Christian radio quite like this. Quite like this. Get your fix 24-7 on the Psalmist Voice Radio Network. Radio Network. to sell life with Michael Savalos right now on TPV Radio. Experiment into personal transformation and educating society on the different issues that convicts face inside and outside of the walls. We appreciate y'all listening in today. We have a great show planned for y'all today. I want to welcome uh, my co-host, Sandra Grace Martinez. And if you don't know her, she is a fierce woman. Her name, uh, her name is Sandra Grace Martinez. Of course, she is a psychotherapist, policy reform advocate daughter of immigrants, minister, soon to be an attorney, my co-host, Sandra Grace Martinez. How you doing, Sandra? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me back on the show, Michael. Well, thank you so much for being here. We really appreciate when you come on because, of course, we really appreciate your expertise in a lot of different areas. Let me go on and uh, welcome a couple of our guests. Uh, I want to uh, welcome Pastor Sago. Today, and he is a fellow TPV Radio Network podcaster, along with Sandra Grace Martinez as well. And uh, Pastor Sago, uh, he's going to be on the show today. He's a 24-year veteran, and we are talking about some veterans that have been forgotten in our prison system and all over the country in our prison system. So we asked him to be on, and uh, Pastor Sago was raised in Natchez, Mississippi, he graduated from Natchez High School in 1993. Pastor Sago enlisted in the United States Army in January of 1997, where he served for over 23 years. Throughout his military career, he served in, at numerous stateside Army units, as well as in Stuttgart and Bamberg, Germany. Pastor Sago retired as a first sergeant in July of 2018. Pastor, Pastor Sago began his true walk with God in 2010. He was ordained as a deacon at Bethsaida Fellowship Ministries in Poplar's Cove, Texas. He accepted the call to preach in 2012 after redeployment from Afghanistan and was licensed in July of 2014 at Bethesda Fellowship Ministries under the leadership of Bishop Dr. R. Ray Gatewood. He received a diploma in pastoral ministry in April of 2020 from Bethesda Theological Institute and Seminary in Poplar's Cove, Texas. 
I mean, we, we have much more. He has been doing a lot of things, y'all. Pastor Sago has served as an adjutant to the presiding bishop of Concord Fellowship of Churches International, Bishop R. Ray Gatewood, youth minister at New Beginnings Revival Center in Waynesville, Missouri, as well as Bethesda Fellowship Ministries. In these petitions, he mentioned he mentored youth of all ages. He also served as a nursing home ministry leader for New Beginnings Revival Center in Waynesville, Missouri. On November 8, 2019, Pastor Sago took a leap of faith and established Light of Hope Fellow Ministries, Fellowship Ministries in interdenominational church in Harker Heights, Texas. Light of Hope Fellowship Ministries was founded on discipleship and to take God's word to the streets. His hobbies include all types of sports, walking, classic cars, his family, and most important, his passion for God's word and God's people. Pastor Sago and his wife, the former Latanya Lavelle White of Natchez, Mississippi, have been married for over 25 years. They have two children, Malcolm and Ebony. Welcome to the show, Pastor Sago, and I really appreciate you being on today, sir. How you doing? Hey, I'm doing good. Welcome, welcome. I appreciate you, Michael, for uh, allowing me to come on for a little bit and uh, and uh, and be with y'all on uh, this afternoon. So, uh, hey, I just I appreciate you, brother, for all you're doing and all your co-hosts and what everybody's doing for uh, this cell life movement, man. Well, thank you so much, Pastor Sago. Uh, uh, we have a great show planned today, y'all. We have uh, Melanie Davis is going to be on today, and or she is on with us right now live. And Melanie Davis is an extraordinary woman who uh, I've been working with for for. A few weeks now, maybe three weeks, maybe a month, and uh, she is the founder of a program called Honor Mentoring, and uh, a reentry program that was developed at East Ham Prison Unit. It received both the 2019 Texas Governor's Award and a Congressional Commendation. Honor is an acronym for helping our neighbors overcome and rebuild, and is being implemented in prisons across the nation. Melanie is working to promised better second chances for returning citizens using her talent as the founder of Triumph Press and author of the Triumph series, which includes soon to be released, the Triumph book, Breaking Bars, which will feature uh, uh, myself of Cell Life, uh, Michael Ceballos, and she is also, and also uh, Lavina, who's a very good friend of ours. Uh, she is also the founder of the Love Your Veterans campaign with an emphasis on the forgotten veterans the incarcerated veterans. And that's what we're here to talk to you today. Hello, Melanie Davis. How are you doing, ma'am? Great. Uh, it's great to be on the show with the infamous Michael Savile. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. That's It's definitely infamous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're looking forward to well, it. Glad to be here. <laughs> well, thank you so much for being on. I was really excited about you coming on because, of course, I mean, I'm not a veteran myself, but I have many many friends, uh, people that, that we both know together that are veterans that I did time with and that are some really good men, and uh, they have definitely been forgotten. And, I, and, and I, 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 I want to kind of get into your program. I know we don't have you for the whole program, so I would like to just kind of jump right into it because there's a lot to talk about. Uh, uh, would, would you just like to go ahead, uh, uh, Melanie, and just go ahead and start talking about honor? Or, or, or <laughs> Well, 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 let me say this real quick. I do have something I wanted to say before we do this because I wanted to mention uh, uh, Jason Wysong is a mentor of mine, and he had been telling me about your uh, 
about your program, uh, Breaking Bars and the uh, sh- uh, Tackle the Shackles. And uh, he kind of introduced us, and uh, and we've been working together. And I just wanted to give him a shout-out. Jason is one of my mentors, and he has really uh, uh, worked with me in a lot of different ways, and I just really appreciate him. I just wanted to uh, just uh, give him a shout-out. Jason's been on the show a few times, and I know, Melanie, you've worked with him in the past. And I just wanted to just give give him some recognition. And Go ahead, Melanie. Yeah, yeah, I'm glad you did that because um... – He's, uh, he's really the reason that we met indirectly. He didn't introduce us, but um, he, he's been working with me on another project that, that you just mentioned called Tackle the Shackles. And, um, and uh, part of that is this, this book called Breaking Bars. And it's, it's kind of a lot to talk about, but I'll, I'll try to keep it simple. And um, feel free to jump in if, if there's something that, that's unclear. But um, I have been an advocate for our veterans for a little over 10 years. Um, I'm an author and a publisher. Triumph Press is my publishing company, and I have a book series called The Triumph Book. And the very first one is just called The Triumph Book uh, because when I wrote that, I didn't know I was writing a series. But um, And the first book right. is a collection of, yeah, you know, so that's the name of the first book. And it's a lot like Chicken Soup for the Soul where every chapter in the book is a different story. Um, so I just interview oh, people cool. or they write their stories, and I compile them. And, and so the first one is stories of people who've endured severe tragedies that found purpose and joy in life because of what they went through. And um, the first story in that book actually is mine. Um, it's taken from my journal that I kept. Um, during the life and then after the death of my third uh, child, a daughter named Bryn. And um, funny enough, my child's death is what brought me in to yeah, work with veterans and, and work with veterans in prison. So it's kind of an interesting twisted path. Yeah, yeah, I was going to ask you. I was going to ask you, <laughs> Melanie, if you were, uh, uh, you know, uh, able to talk about that a little. I mean, I, I know we've talked about it briefly, but. Anyway, yeah. It's up well, to you. you know, it's um, it's often our our hardest adversities in life that give us some of our greatest strengths and gifts. And we may not always Absolutely. know it at the time, yeah, what the purpose of it is. And um, so my daughter was seven months old, just adorable uh, little girl, and um, she she passed away during the night. And um, I I'm a writer, so. One of my traditions was I keep a journal of each of my children. And sure. as soon as I find out if it's a girl, boy, I go buy a pink one or a blue one. And so I, um, I had this little journal that I kept from the time I found out that I was having a little girl. And I had taken it with, with us to the hospital and had her little footprints put in it. And, and I would write all the cute things that, that she would do. Because, you know, we, we think we're not going to forget, but we do. We just If we don't write down life experiences, we sure. really do forget them. And one example I like to use is um, my oldest child is a boy, and his journal, I have a little story where one day he flushed a toothbrush down the toilet, and I was sitting on the floor next to the toilet bowl, and I was upset. You know, he came out and put his little chubby arm across my shoulder. He's probably about two, maybe three, and he said, it's okay, Mom. I still have a blue one. <laughs> and I swear, if I had if I had written that down, I I would not recall that today. So you know, right. I, I just putting a plug out there for everybody listening. 
keep a journal. Yeah. Write down the things in life you go through, the good things, the bad things, because someday it's all going to make sense. It's all going to matter to you. And yeah. so I had this Absolutely. journal, my little baby girl. And um, After she died, I picked up the journal, and I wrote what it was like finding her in her crib and calling the ambulance and, and uh, you know, in this riding in the front of the ambulance, praying she'd make it, but knowing she's really already gone and going through being told she passed away. We had to go down to the police station where they did an investigation. It wasn't really an investigation, but they, they take us one by one into these interrogation rooms and just question you as a matter of protocol to make sure there was no, you know, foul, foul sure. play. You know, Absolutely. so here I am. I've just, my daughter has just been pronounced dead, and here I am at the police station, and, you know, and they were oh. very compassionate, okay? So this is not a dig at all. They were, they didn't want to have to do right. it. It's just what they had to do, and, you know, it went fine, but, um, and then I wrote about um, what it was like, because I lived in San Jose, California at the time, and we buried her in Carson City, Nevada, so we had to drive over the Sierra Nevada mountains, and we had a little minivan. I was driving the mobile. She's my third child, you know, so I was fully in mom mode. Um, although it was black, so I looked a little James Bondish, you know, with my tricked out wheels and my, my mom mobile. But anyway, <laughs> in the middle of the Sierra Nevada mountains, I'm standing in the in the parking lot of a rest stop watching my van with her little white casket in the back window being towed away to Reno because we had broken down. And I'll never forget that scene. And I just thought, can this get any worse? And of course, you know, it continued to get wow. worse in various ways. But um, you know, I just I wrote all of this down. And then many months later, I picked up my journal, and this time I wrote what I learned. Because if you'd asked me um, before this happened how I'd le- react to losing a child, I would have said, you know, lock me up, put me in a dark room, just forget about it. I just couldn't imagine it. And um, but but I sure. can tell you that on the day she died, I felt a powerful sense of purpose. And um, and I have to say it, it was a it was something that was a special gift to me. Not every not every person who goes through losing a child is going to feel like I did. And I don't think I felt that way because I'm so strong or anything like that. I just really felt that there was a purpose to her passing and um and it was so strong and it has remained so strong it really did help me get through it and so i wrote down um what i went through and then um i um actually discovered this new technology it was brand new at the time you've seen it now there's companies that do it in snapfish and um shutterfly but it's Uh called storybooking Storybooking. So I took sure. the pictures of my daughter and her life, her death, her funeral, and I combined it with my journal writing. And I went. I actually became a consultant for the very first company called Heritage Makers that made these books. The first one to come up with this technology. Okay. I was blown away. It was so amazing. I had this beautiful, colorful, glossy storybook that preserved my daughter's memory. And that, I have to tell you, is very healing. So for anybody out there who's lost right. a loved one. You got to preserve their memory, and it helps you to, to let go of that grief. But um, I'm sorry, it's kind of a complicated story, but it does kind of take you to what I do. No, with you're the, good. The veterans. Yeah, so, I wanted you to. Yeah. I, I wanted you to share it. I wanted you to share it not only <laughs> for our listeners and to kind of wrap this. Uh, I mean, get this story in perspective, but also for yourself. Yeah. So, so I, um, I. Uh, I, I got through something well that was very difficult, and um, 
And so people would come up to me and they would say, you know, my sister lost a child, my brother lost a child, or my friend, um, what can I do to help them? And so I would, I'd go and I'd print another copy of this little book because it wasn't a hundred, multi-hundred dollar scrapbook docked away in a safe. It was something I could print multiple copies of. And I would give it to them and I'd say, well, you know, here's, here's my story. Maybe something in my story will help them. And um, the more I shared my story, the more I healed, the more I felt that sense of purpose. And so... Um, so anyway, to kind of speed things up, I, I ended up writing a workbook. Originally, it was for bereavement to help people who were dealing with that loss. And um, and then I wrote the Triumph book that I mentioned. And then I wrote another book. Yes. Oh, it turned out as a series. And this one's called Heroes. And it's 24 first Christian stories from veterans from World War II up to our recent conflicts, all from different ranks and wars. And so um, sure. in writing that book, I I found out I'd been an ignorant civilian. I had no idea the battles our veterans face when they come home from war. And they're really focused on telling stories about you know, the loss of their limbs and PTSD and um, homelessness. I interviewed a homeless veteran in Dallas. Great story. Um, just all the different challenges ended up being highlighted. But they're all triumph stories at the same time. Um, and um, so, so, so I see that. I mean, I was I was looking at some of the pictures of the of the men that you have uh, that have gone through the Triumph program inside of the uh, prison system. Now, now is the Triumph program throughout the the state of Texas? Um, it is approved. Well, it, it the Triumph program was approved. So the, the Triumph program um, is. Uh, Narrative therapy process, as I mentioned, I ended up recreating a version to help veterans with PTSD. So that's kind of what I'm getting on to. Um, and it was okay. approved for use with all. No, no, this is perfect. It was approved for use with all incarcerated veterans in the state of Texas. So I actually worked with veterans in, I want to say, about 10 units. and um, But I ended up narrowing it Did down I- into East Ham. Um, yeah. So can they get transferred? Can they get transferred to these units where the program is? Well, well, they, I actually ended up focusing in on the East Ham unit, um, and um, because I, I the, the the program has two principles. The first is the more purpose you find in tragedy, the less painful it becomes, and the second is that there's powerful healing found in service to others. So the the purpose of the program. Um, is to, to help them heal from the tragedies and the, the d- things they've been through. But towards the end, they talk about their goals and who they want to serve. And so one of the first veterans to go through the program at East Ham is a field minister um, who's a veteran, a uh, field minister. Yeager. Sure. And he, he said yeah. to me, you know, this is a great program. It makes you want to serve others. And um, But, you know, in prison, there's not a lot of opportunities to serve. And um, and I said, oh my gosh, you're right. So I said, I said, you know, we need to do something about that. So he and I actually worked together to create this honor mentoring program. And the whole idea is that um, <laughs> is that we can um, create an opportunity for prisoners to serve one another. And so sure. that's so that's what it's all about. And so we 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 led with the veterans, but. He helped me create a version of the Triumph program for all the incarcerated, and um, and if you go to the um, so my website loveyourveterans.org, at the top there's a film that if anybody really wants to, to know the nitty gritty of all this, 
um, you can actually go and watch the film. And, and um, there's a, a promo video about the Triumph program. But right now it's uh, just at East Ham, but I'm looking to expand it. It's going to Georgia. Um, oh, excellent. And um, and uh, actually it was going to go there right before COVID shut us down. <laughs> but once it opened up again, it looks like it's probably going to be uh, spreading through Georgia. And I've also been training um, volunteers in six other states. So. Oh, excellent. Um, when we come off of lockdown, well, we'll be able to. Well, I wanted to. I wanted to hear uh, uh, what uh, Pastor Sagel thinks so far about uh, what's being said. Uh, Pastor Sagel is a 24-year veteran, uh, and uh, you know, I just wanted to kind of hear his thoughts on some things. Cool. Hey, Mike, can I step off for just a second? I have an emergency call coming in, but I'll be back. Will you just watch for my number? Sure. sure okay, sure. I apologize. Thank you so much. That's all right. Okay. All hey, right. Go ahead, Yeah. Well, you know, as I as I heard as I heard what what Melanie was saying, you know, I mean, I think it's um, I, I think it's really really good that uh, you know that uh, that what she's doing because um, I think what a lot of people don't understand and what a lot of people don't 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 get is um, after we serve, even even if a veteran serves for four years, five years, six years, and like myself, uh, 24 years, and some serve 30 years, you know. Um, and somewhere sure. in between that time, you know, we, we, we do, uh, we, we have uh, deployed, you know. I've, I've deployed multiple times to uh, Afghanistan, and um, when you go and you deploy, regardless of whatever your job might be, um, you go, things change. Um, and then if you're gone for any particular period of time, a year, 15 months, whatever the case might be, when you come back, your whole mentality and your way of thinking has, has, has changed completely because of what you've seen and what you've experienced, even the, 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 the smells and the, the way things, you know, the way the, 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 the whole atmosphere of things, you know, either in Afghanistan or Iraq. So, um, you know, it, sounds come like back almost, and it, also, it almost sounds like a trip to prison. Yeah. 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 You, 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 know? you're, you, you, you're free, but you're really not. Yeah. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm and, talking and, about all the, all the changes and all the, the complete, uh, you know, the things that you witness and, and all these things that, you know, change a man's, and a woman's uh, perspective on life and, you know, makes you really, you know, take a look at yourself. And But, yeah, yeah so I get absolutely. it. No, absolutely. PTSD. Yeah, I, 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 I suffer from that. Um, uh, I, so I've been diagnosed with, with, with that, uh, insomnia, uh, um, nightmare problems, um, all those things, man, all those things that, that that uh, that I deal with now, but it's just by being, you know, by, by God's grace that I've been able to. Uh, God has kept me, and God has placed me in a position to be able to um, share those things with people, and also, you know, uh, continue to, to to spread God's word to God's people in a, in, a, in in a way that you know that God's made me uh, designed me to do it, you know, uh, for His glory, not not for mine, but 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 yeah, it's um, I tell you, man, it's um. 
you go and you come back and everybody is different and everything is not always what you can see physically. There's a lot of things people that, that veterans deal with that are going on mentally in their head or sometimes physically in their bodies that you can't see. Um, sure. So it's um it's it's it, it, it can be challenging, man. And, and um, I, I tell people that you know it seems that why it seems while you're serving, uh, you're loved and people take care of you. But when you get out, even after you retire, I retired. It seems like you're you're thrown to the four winds. Um, and that crushes uh, that 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 crushes a soldier, especially a soldier who's served. 24, 25, 26 years, now you seem like you've just been used up and we throw you back out there and, and have a good day. Sure, sure, because you've been taught all these morals, these loyalty and family and, and all these things. And, you know, I, I, I can only imagine the men in prison because it's almost like a double – well, well, it is because they're they're not only you know veterans and traumatized by the different things that they've seen, you know, in the different wars, but also you know then they have to go into the prison and live a life that is also uh, to many traumatized, you know, yep. and it is uh, and 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 again because they are out just like yourself they are forgotten, uh, and uh, you know I've been on some of the units where they have programs for veterans and uh they they have some really good programs and i've uh you know i know some men that have gone to them so i'm i'm, I'm really for these programs because these men you know they 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 have served this country i want to hear sandra right. grace's take on some of this stuff uh sandra grace i know i know that your son is a marine and uh you know uh i, I just want to kind of hear hear what you have to say well, first I want to thank Pastor Sago for his service. I, I think um, that what he has had to do um, to get to this point um, is you know, a journey, and it, it sounds like it's been a difficult one, but it, it, it seems like there's a, you know, he took a leap of faith, and, and Pastor, I, I just commend you to to you know, for taking that leap of faith and opening an interdenominational uh, church in Harker Heights, Texas. Uh, one, because I used to uh, live in Colleen, and then I moved uh, to Belton, where I eventually bought a house. And so um, yeah. if I wanted to go somewhere nice to do my nails or hair or, you know, I would go to Harker Heights. Not Colleen, Harker Heights. And so, um, but I met a lot of great people um, in law enforcement and in the judicial system there. And, you know, they try to do the best they can with what, uh, you know, what is there in the community as, you know, the community is very diverse. And yes, um, some of the fellas and, and gals that, that are serving uh, there at Fort Hood, because that's where Fort Hood is. I mean, Hartford Heights is, you know, not too far from Fort Hood. And you know, it it they pre, it presents challenges um, as people are transitional. There's a lot of um, family violence, statistic-wise, a lot of infant mortality. 
uh, as well um, per capita and a lot of, um, from my understanding, a lot of um, Scott and White statistics, which is the local hospital system there, about motorcyclists um, getting into wrecks and dying and, you know, just things that happen and, um, you know, it, so there's a, you have an interesting, diverse set of uh, people to serve there and, and my, my hat, I just tip it because that would be very difficult to me for me to do, you know, at this point in my life. Um, I opened up shop though at a counseling center in Belton, um, and and there was not ever one instance that I didn't, uh, you know, find that my my agenda was not booked. I mean, people needed help a lot of them from the military. And interestingly so, they would come in uh, to to talk to me, Pastor, and they did not want to do it on the record. So they wouldn't want me to talk uh, or pay um, or bill TRICARE or um, Military One Source. And uh, sometimes that has to happen so they can be bold, boldly honest and not lose rank and not, you know, be... Uh, because uh, believe it or not, um, you know, if, if, if our viewers don't know this, um, it is uh, our duty as clinicians to report domestic violence to the military per our contract with TRICARE. Yeah. And it's not through our, our license from Texas does it require that. Our license required us, it requires us to do uh, calls uh, on abuse in the elderly, um, abuse on children, homicidal you know, ideations and you know, suicidal ideations, uh, but not domestic violence. Whereas TRICARE and Military One Source as well, which is part of like an EAP of, of TRICARE. So, you know, a lot of the times people come to us off the record did not want to talk in the, um, on the record and discuss the trauma, discuss the yeah. insomnia, discuss yeah. the PTSD part because they did not want to be the, the stigma and the repercussions um, to, you know, that would be um, debilitating in their career. So they weren't right. able to be as honest and open. So they would have to pay out of pocket. And, and and I tell you, I didn't, I didn't. I'm sorry to mean to interrupt, but I just wanted to just before it before it, it vacates my mind. You're absolutely right because um, it took it it, really, it literally took me a year. Uh, no, actually, the year of my retirement for me to go and to talk to someone about my insomnia, my dreams, all this type of stuff because I was. I was a I, I was I was a senior enlisted person, so um, you know at that time my, my my goal was to 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 go to go higher in 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 the rank or at the at the top tier of the enlisted rank, which I was just one rank away from the top tier of enlisted rank, but 
um, you know, it, it, my year of uh, my year of retirement is when I, I I went and did it because because of that stigma and because of you know how people look at you because you know you're you're, you're enlisted you're you're senior enlisted so and it, it's tough it's, it's it's really tough. It is. Well, Pastor Byron, like I said, uh, or Pastor Sego, I just wanted to, you know let the audience know how difficult it is to reach out uh, for help when you have to use your, um, you know, TRICARE, but you can always not use it. You can always also go to your, um, there is chaplains in uh, mm-hmm. our military that are, they, they can, they cannot disclose any information and give it to them. So they do have options. So people that are enlisted, people that are, you know, they can go to their chaplain, and their chaplain cannot. They chaplains don't even take notes. I mean, they yeah. are. That's a safety net. That is like the most precious gift there is. If you need to talk to someone, otherwise, absolutely reach out for help because that trauma doesn't go away. It just it manifests in different ways. And so, I'm just so glad that you that you shared that. I know that it takes courage, and I appreciate you. Yes. Absolutely, absolutely. Thank you, Pastor Sago. And 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 yes, I also want to uh, thank you for uh, serving this country all these years. We and, and you know I I because I've been gone for so long, I, I I'm kind of desensitized to some of these issues because I've just been gone, you know. And and I I I do care about this country, and I do care about our our men and women out here and incarcerated. And uh, so, so, so I'm sitting back and I'm learning and I'm listening from y'all. And uh, so I just, you know, I really enjoy, uh, uh, you know, speaking with all of y'all. I know we got Melanie back on the line. Uh, I hope everything's okay, Melanie. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. What a what a ter- terrible time to have something like that come up. But anyway, it's all good. I just uh, I had to return that call. Okay. Yeah. Sorry that I missed him. Okay, so so do you want to pick up? You want to pick up where we well, were at? Well, yeah. And so I started out working in, like I said, in, in TDCJ, working strictly with the veterans. And um, and then when I uh, when I realized that what I was the principles of the program were hard to implement in prison, and so therefore we, we started this honor mentoring program at East Camp. What that looked like is. And the, there's a large, they call it a chapel, you know, it's just a big metal building, but it's a chapel. Uh-huh. And um, we, we had certain hours we were given, and we had this, this large space divided into sections. And there was a section where some of the prisoners were serving each other by teaching them English as a second language and teaching them to read. In the center, we had our GED section where people who were needing help with math or reading or whether aspects of taking their GED and we had we were helping them pass their GEDs. We actually had one person who um, went through the Triumph program and at one point he set goals and, and getting his GED was one of his goals and he had done this we do um, vision boards as one of our activities. The Triumph program has so, art therapy, music therapy, writing therapy all rolled into one. So you're talking and, about so so you're talking uh-huh. about uh, veterans teaching uh, Inmate veterans teaching other inmates that are not veterans. Correct. Right. Yeah. So, cool. so they be, they get to step up and be be leaders and servants again, and that's really what brought them into the military was serving 
serving us all with their Absolutely. very lives. So, That's yeah, cool. so it was it was neat to see people succeeding and creating bonds of friendship. And um, then we had another section where we we had our own uh, we call it a transformation course, and it was actually written by the the prisoners for the prisoners, and they were implementing it. And, and so instead of the idea here is instead of volunteers coming in and bringing all the programs that the prisoners are they're receiving. We're letting the prisoners themselves develop and implement the programs and service to one another. And that gives them so much purpose and meaning and value. And that's what's missing, um, really, in their lives. And it's very important. Um, honor mentoring is not faith-based. It's, yeah, I like to, to use the that's analogy or the comparison. Mm-hmm. Sure. I was going to ask you about that because one of my experiences or, you know, my experiences in prison uh, throughout the years with with uh, your traditional ministries that come in uh, uh, just I mean I don't know I, I, I'm, I'm I'm very hard-headed so I mean it just took something it just took something you know yeah 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 so so it took something a little unconventional and different in order to grab my attention and I think that that to me is a big problem in our prison system today is that we continue to go in with this cookie cutter Christianity ministry and uh, we don't really reach uh, that many people you know because some men don't 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 reach out to that you know they're they have to be brought in different ways and I just think we need to be more creative, so I'm so I, I'm very interested in this program here. Go ahead, Melly. I'm sorry. No, that's great. I like I appreciate that because it, it's definitely innovative, um, and I believe that is probably the reason that it got the governor's award. Um, we worked sure. on the program for probably nine months before we implemented it, um, but at the time we implemented it, it had only been in operation for six months before we got that big award and I actually went to Austin to the governor's mansion and received it straight from First Lady Abbott and then um, I think that the innovativeness is what really caught their attention and, and the fact that it does tap into a basic human need that everyone has and it's probably that basic human need that most people in prison were lacking that may have even led them to prison and that is to feel like that we matter and that we have a purpose and um, a lot of times people may find their purpose in, in, in um, illegal ways. We'll, we'll put it that way. And so, um, but ultimately, I think as long as people feel valuable and needed and purposeful, that they're going to grow um, and progress. Sure, sure. And so that's what we see happening in this program for everyone, the ones who teach and the ones who receive. Um, and, and it's not just the veterans who teach. We do, you know, if somebody had been a high school teacher, we pulled him in and he was teaching in the GED area. And, you know, so we utilize the talent that exists in the prison and it allows them to, I have great testimonials. Um, and, and in that instance, you know, as a school teacher, he says he got more out of teaching his fellow prisoners than he did of being a high school teacher. It meant so much to him. Um, and that was neat to watch, sure. see them just blossom. So. I like I like the way that uh, the you know it it is hard to uh, get into TDCJ okay and uh, you know when you're trying to uh, help prisoners 
and I I I like the fact that uh, I mean of course I you know I love my veterans, but I'm also thinking about my other fellow convicts and how this program can help them uh, uh, be be better men you know and be taught by these veterans who have great mm-hmm. you know morals and 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 have been taught you know some 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 very important you know uh you know some very important things and 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 they can teach these men so so i i i like that but i also like the fact that 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 you know with these types of programs that that of course the governor who i'm not a great fan of uh, uh, but that that they get behind, that they get behind because it allows uh, us a chance to maybe work with 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 convicts, uh, inmates, men and women that are not veterans. So it so 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 I'm definitely uh, interested in this program because I think it is a great thing, and uh, I think we could possibly you know build on this and and bring you know bring more unconventional ways to teach these men. So anyway, go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, one thing I'd like to point out is that in, if you look in a community, you have churches, and, and everybody kind of divides and goes to their individual churches, and then they all come together at the community center. That's where they play sports, and they learn, and they, they have camaraderie, and they interact. Um, in, in prison, my understanding is the majority of the programs that are brought in there are faith-based. And there's nothing wrong with bringing program in. That's, that's who brings program in, so it's extremely important. But probably 80, 90% of the programs, if, if not all the programs, are faith-based. And what that does is it divides the prisoner population into their individual um, sects, their beliefs. It, it does. separates them. Yes. And what honor mentoring, I like to call it the community center, where they come together and they work together and they, they develop friendships and understandings that they didn't have before. And it, it actually, in some ways, it better prepares them for release because when you get out of prison, you're not going to always be with those who believe the same thing as you. You're going to have to interact with people that have different beliefs, and you may as well start learning how to do that ahead of time and um, gain those skills Excellent. so that when they get out, they have a better chance of succeeding in the, the community outside of prison. So I'm hoping to see it go into more units, and I believe that's possible. It just requires the volunteers that are willing to facilitate it Right now, I'm running a, a triumph program, um, starting one in Conroe, Texas, for um, veterans in the free world. And I have a few I, of them I, already who have said they want to go in the prisons and, and be the volunteers once they finish the program. So that's kind of my my next direction. Excellent. To, to Excellent. Expand it. So I have some I have some friends that are ex-convicts that are also veterans that I would love to get involved with the triumph program. Uh, and and all this, but but I want to ask Sandra Grace if she has any questions for you, Melanie, and then I want to go to uh, Pastor Sago and see if he has anything mm-hmm. he wants to ask you, and then uh, and we'll go from there. Is that okay? Perfect. Go ahead, Sandra yeah. Grace. Hello, Melanie. This is Sandra Grace, and I'm so glad that you were on the show. Um, I read so much about you and thought, you know, this lady deserves like a virtual hug. So you're getting them right <laughs> now. Wow. Uh, and, yes. Uh, you know, I, I find that, you know, it's not very often, you know, that we see a non uh, or, or secular programs come in, but I, I think that even if it's considered, you know, not 
a, a faith-based, the, the reality is that there is a, a, a level of enlightenment. There's a, a level of love and commitment and selflessness. And, and there's a lot of components of Christianity and or other religions, you know, that go into what it is that you do. It is an unselfish act. It truly is, you know, to go and and take the the the, the opportunity, take um, the time to get as far as you went. And and, and I know it's TDCJ working, you know, for uh, TDCJ uh, for quite some time. I know that there is a lot of paperwork and loopholes and people you need to talk to and whatnot. So. I just wanted to do that, and I want to congratulate, uh, congratulations on your award. I think that's absolutely amazing. Um, wow. I mean, that I saw that, and I'm like, oh, my God. This is amazing. This lady is, she needs a cape. So if I ever see you, I, I'm going to take your measurements. Uh, well, I hope, a cape together. I, I do hope that, uh, I hope that you can do that, because I hope that I'll see you. I hope to see you. Um, I don't know if you're going out to the event this Saturday, but um Rally for Freedom. Well, then we'll be meeting soon. I, got my ready. I just hope it's not as hot as it is right now, although it will probably make that um, virtual cell that much more effective for people to sit in there in the middle of this kind of heat. <laughs> anyway, but yes, um, well, you know, I, I say it's not faith-based, but, but that doesn't mean that they don't walk away with more faith. Um, it's really just designed to let the spirit guide, if you will, as they, they work in these programs, um, you know, and they work in the triumph program. It, I see so many people who do get reconnected with, with God and, um, you know, through inspiration. Sure. And, right. And, and, you know, so it's not faith-based. There's no, there's no doctrine being taught. There's no scriptures being used. Although we don't, when they sit with their small, it's, it's, they work in small peer groups. So they work in the workbook during the week and they sit with small peer groups once a week for two hours for 12 weeks. Um, and they they can they can bring their faith to it. It's really that's an important thing. I think that that this is something that 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 our country sometimes gets wrong, and that is the idea that um, we have to keep God out of things in order for something to be you know not uh, you know religiously geared. And and then I think right. it's important to let people bring whatever right. whatever means something to them to together. Absolutely. So they can sit and talk about what they believe, and we've had Muslims and Christians in groups together, and they do great, you know, because they they have a chance to share how this affected their lives and you know what they learned and what they got out of it. And everybody's is unique, everybody's experience, but we all grow from that. And um, without the pressure of oh, you need to join and believe what I believe, um, you know. So um, sure, yeah. Sandra Grace. Well, something that piqued my interest, Melanie, that you said that um, earlier about narrative therapy, um, it, it, it piqued my interest because that's the modality of treatment. Um, how uh, how do you approach it? Uh, and, and tell us what you um, how how you present that type of uh, of modality. Yeah, you know, I'm kind of glad you you mentioned that. So first of all, I need to say. I am not a counselor. I have not been through training. Um, I, um, I don't claim, uh, you know, I've got a disclaimer at the front of the book that this is not professional treatment. It's, um, I'm just a, I'm a, I'm a person who's been through a trauma and healed and is sharing that process. 
However, there there is there are evidence based therapies that are used. Um, one of them is narrative therapy, and that's basically storytelling therapy. It's where somebody I like to say that you step outside of yourself and you get to become a researcher into your own life as you write your story and you explore the meaning of it. That's really what narrative therapy is. Um, and it's been happening. It's the first form of therapy there ever was. Because when you go in those, those caves and you see the petroglyphs and you, you see the totem poles that are carved or the, the skins that are painted on, this is all narrative therapy. This is just people making meaning out of what's happened in their lives by preserving you know, these, these stories in whatever ways they do it. And then art therapy and music therapy, these are all um, proven processes. And so, um, so I utilize that term um, loosely in a way uh, because I'm not a therapist, but it's definitely, they are very scientifically proven processes that are all part of this program. So, and I have had a lot of therapists and counselors look at it. And in fact, I'm, I'm working on a guide for the facilitators because I am expanding it to other states and I can't be there to run it or teach them. So I give them a, a handbook. And I actually have a counselor who's working on that and we're bringing her talent to it to kind of give us that added um, scientific credibility, I guess you could say. Um, but this will allow them to, to other, you know, anywhere in the country, I can give you the workbooks and I can give you the handbook and you know exactly what to do because it's actually very simple. It's not a complicated process at all. And it's all in, in the workbook. So. I think we're all counselors. Uh, you know, my father, you know, bless his uh, school. He uh, was not a counselor, but everybody went to my father, you know, for advice. He was a kitchen counselor, you know. So I think we all have experience. I think we all have that, you know, the testimony. Um, and, and we all, uh, we, out of our out of our strength comes our witnessing uh, to others of, and helping them be stronger or learn that they're not alone. And it is part of the healing process. And I, 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 I sound like your journey has been your medicine and part of the healing process. And yes. I just commend you for that. I appreciate Thank that you. so much. Thank you so yeah. much for what Absolutely. you do. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. I wanted to say, it, Pastor Sago said it earlier. I mean, out of our, you know, our largest pain comes our, you know, biggest ministry sometimes and, and most times. And, you know, uh, Pastor Sago, did, did you have something you wanted to uh, ask Melanie or speak to her about or anything? Yeah, well, no. What I what I what I really wanted to say was that, hey, you know, Miss um, Melanie, I I really commend you for what you're doing because, um, um, you know, as a as a as a veteran, it's it's um, people don't people really don't get it, and and like I said before, I think when you when you went when you went on break was that. Um, you know, after so long, you know, we tend to we, we tend to be forgotten about, and people don't understand the things that we face. Even if you know, there may have been some soldiers that may that may not have deployed, uh, but here recently, you know, there are a lot of soldiers who who who, who have and who dealt with, and who deals with PTSD, who deals with those things. And even though your program is not uh, faith based, quote unquote. 
you're still changing people's lives. God is still using you to change people's lives through your program, and that's and, and that's and, and that's the biggest end state is that you are through your tragedy you are helping somebody else propel to what God wants you know wants wants them to do. So through your program, uh, these 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 veterans that are gonna that, that are gonna be released uh, from incarceration, you know. Going through your program that you set up, you know, who knows what, you know, what, what, what God has in store for them, you know, just by going through your program, they might build a bigger program, but you, you were the foundation for, for, for that program. So, um, you know, I, I, I commend you and, you know, if, and I'll say it over the airways, if there's anything for me that you might need as a, as a oh. as a as a veteran, you know, where, please. Where are you located? <laughs> How can I take you to it? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I'm I'm in uh, I'm I'm, can I'm in, uh, you I'm to in lunch? How about that? <laughs> <laughs> I'm in I'm in Harker Heights, Texas. So. I'm in Harker Heights, Texas, but no, I I do I I do I, I do commend you for it, and um, you know, we're we're I don't, I, don't, I don't think we're all too far away from each other. I'm. Um, I'm in I'm in Harker Heights and Belton, so we're we're all close by. So, are you coming? Are you coming on Saturday to the to the event? Which event are we talking about? Uh, we have a Michael, uh, we you have know, a you protest. Know event. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we have a uh, we are going to Huntsville, Pastor Sago on uh, Saturday, the August the twenty second. We have a heat demonstration, hot box prison cell that's being put on by TPAA and okay. uh, Be Frank to Justice. And we also have a Ringing the Bell National uh, rally that day across the country for, uh, you know, uh, prisoners, you know, for the inhumane conditions, COVID conditions, and a lot of other things. So okay. that's okay. That, that's what she's asking you about. Yeah, okay. sorry. Okay. Well, it's, I, I took the ball and you spiked it, Michael, so very good. <laughs> now everybody knows <laughs> And I'd love to see you there because, you know, that's when um, Thunder Grace is going to measure me for my cake. So you come and you can get a cake, too. How about that? (laughs) That's right. That's right. We'll have cakes for both of y'all. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Well, I live in my Sandra Grace is our prop. She's our prop girl. She takes care of all the props. She does puppets, all kinds of really cool stuff. Oh, she does it all, she does. She's great. I'm very lucky <laughs> to have her on my team. Very lucky. Well, my, so anyway, Michael, Melanie, I'd like, to, I'd like to pitch the book that you're going to be in, if I could. Okay, I was so I was thinking to ask you book. about the uh, about the Triumph book behind bars. I mean, breaking mm-hmm. bars. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's Go how ahead. you and I met. That's how you and I met. Yes, ma'am. Um, it's because I'm working on another. So I mentioned I have this book series. And I talked about the first one, just the triumph book, and its theme was overcoming tragedy, and the second one is heroes, and the theme is veterans. And the third one is called Raising Wheels, so that one's already out. And it's connected to, actually, it's connected to Chip and Joanna Gaines and Tim Tebow. Some of you may have followed their show, Fixer Upper. And um, they did an episode a couple years ago where Tim Tebow helped them to renovate a home to be wheelchair-friendly for two little boys in wheelchairs. So. I actually have a book called Raising Wheels that has their story and many others of families who are raising children in wheelchairs and just people, adults who are living in wheelchairs and, and just how they're finding triumph in that. And um, so anyway, so the fourth book is underway, 
and you are going to be a star in it. And I'm very excited. I'm grateful for that well, because um, uh, because that's I just uh, well it was, it was really through Jason. We mentioned his name at the start. Jason Weissong has been working with me on a lot of projects and. And yes, just, ma'am. Just, uh, through him, I, I found out about you. You found out about me, how it goes. And um, so I reached out to you to see if you'd like to include your story in this book. So so Breaking Bars, the purpose of this book is kind of twofold. One is um, it's meant to be a resource for those who are in prison. So we talk about reentry, and I've been really, I'm really involved in reentry, both working on the inside and, and preparing people for the outside through honor mentoring. This book, and you know that's my book. passion. That's my passion as well, is reentry. Yeah. So go ahead. Yeah. Well, and that's yeah. why you need to be in it too, because so what it is is stories of people <laughs> who've been in prison, who are out of prison, and succeeding. And uh, Lo- Lovina, uh, if I'm saying her name right, please say it right. So she's in it. She's um, she's the other I one that she talks a lot about. And um, so she's got a great story. I love her story because you know she she went to prison twice. And, and you really learn how she she kind of got her got it together that second time. And, and then when she got out, it, her story will show that the difficulties and the obstacles she faced. Because when people are in prison, sure. they need to know it's going to be hard, and they need to know they're going to have opposition, and that they can get through it. And that's the point. And it's, it's through your story showing how you're overcoming the obstacles. And, um, she's getting a master's degree, and she's doing fantastic, but it took a little while, and um, she really had to go through some tough times, but um, it's meant to teach people through life experiences how to uh, succeed, and my, my goal is, um, the, other, the other purpose of Breaking Bars is to break down the stereotypes that we have about who's in prison, um, because um, in society, I think Excellent. far too often... People watch these these pop shows and they're and they're like, oh, everybody in prison's a bad guy. Keep them there, lock them away, don't let them out. Um, and that's just not the case. There's so many people in prison who are there because they've had traumatic backgrounds, traumatic experiences. Um, veterans make up eight percent of the entire prisoner population in the U.S. That's wow. an extremely high percentage because only about one percent of the nation uh, of of our, serves in the military. So that's a very high percentage. And they're that is very high. Their PTSD. Exactly. Yeah. So it's like, yeah. hey, society, we need to get – I want everyone to look at people in prison as citizens of this country, as their neighbors who need help, and I want them to be welcomed when they get back. I want to break down the barriers and the walls that we have. And this is really something that our current government is, is for. President Trump created a new position called the Czar of Reentry, and that's Tony Loudon. And I, I, I don't have for, for sure, but I have some connections, and I believe that I am going to hopefully get Tony Laden to actually write a forward to this book, which would be amazing. And, um, that would so be amazing. So when it's published, wouldn't it be? I mean, it'll really give validity. It's going to be an amazing book anyway. But um, So when it's published, I want to do two things with it. One is I want to get it into the hands of people in prison to read and prepare them for release because they're going to learn from the stories that are in it very well. Almost better than you can learn from anything is to learn from somebody who went through it and shows you the way. Um, and whether it's a printed book that we mass distribute, and I'm the publisher, which means I can print it at cost, so it's not going to it's not going to be as expensive. Or if there's tablets, I know there's a lot of prisons around the country that have tablets. I can just send them the PDF to put on the tablet, so we can get it to them like at no cost at all. I really want this book to be widely used, which means Michael, you're going to be very famous and infamous. 
both inside and outside <laughs> of prison. Not just the probably, but everywhere. So. Probably more infamous. Probably more infamous. Probably more, I suspect that's true, but we love you anyway. Infamous. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna we're gonna give God all the glory on any of that. We're giving God, God all the glory on any of well, any he, of this stuff. You know, I, I, I bring a non faith based program in, but I am very much a believer and um, God is the God of miracles and everything I think is a miracle and, and just being here on your show and having the chance to work with all of you and you know, there's some really big things that are happening. Um, some of them are just still in the works. Like I said, the program's going to Georgia. Um, my co author of this book, I have a co author, um, and, and the reason he's a co author is like, I co-authored Raising Wells with Melissa Kopp. That's the mother that was on Fixed Rubber. So my co-author is Lee Robbins. He's in Georgia. He is very close associates with Sarvary Tritomi Robbins, which is how I feel pretty confident we're going to get him. But Lee Robbins was actually part of a major program in Georgia that um, was federally funded that led to the First Step Act. So um, I'm, I'm oh, networking okay. with some pretty, some pretty heavy hitters in reentry nationally are coming out of Georgia. And that just happened to be where God took the program, and I didn't even know that. So, um, But the other thing is I want the book to, to be read by the public because it's in reading your stories and getting to know who you are and what you've been through that we will create the compassion that's needed to really welcome you back and, and give you the support you need when you get out. Because you know what? Let's, let's just be honest. A lot of times people will go back to prison because they just can't make it in the free world where nobody wants to give them a job. Nobody wants to give them, you know, a chance to live in their, their rental. And um, they, they, it's at some point they, they end up going back to crime to survive. And um, that's on us. You know I mean? There's, there's a point where we have to say, Hey, we got to help people out if we want them to succeed. Just like we would want to be helped in any problems that we have. You know, so I think, um, I think that, that, that definitely, you know, upon the release of, of these men, there definitely needs to be some things in place that allows these men to get a start on life. I mean, because they don't pay in Texas. They don't pay your prisoners. So, therefore, yeah. when they get out, yeah. you know, they're, they're, we just have to put some things in place for these men to give them a chance to succeed. I mean, even if it's just a, 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 just a small chance, we have to give them a chance. Yeah, yeah exactly. So. Better, better second chances, not just give them the second chance. they got to be good. You know, yeah. It's one thing to let them out, and it's another to really support them when they're out and not right. um, and not look at them sideways and, you know, and so, I mean, you know, you know, it goes both ways. They they definitely need to, to become trustworthy. But I, I believe that uh, I believe when people are given a chance, they'll step up. You know. So. Sure. 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 Yeah. That's good. That's good. Uh, Sandra Grace, Mr. Sago, y'all have anything? Yeah. It, well, I'm I'm sorry, Sandra. Go ahead. I apologize. No, I'm intensely listening to you guys and learning so much. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I, I mean, am it, too. It, it, I I. I I just want to hear y'all talk. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's so key, and I think we, we talked about it Friday too, Mike, that, you know, one of the biggest things is just this this transition and being able to to uh, to, to to refocus from uh, incarceration, you know, back into, uh, back into society. It's just like, I mean, the same exact thing, that as veterans, you know, we deal with, I mean, 
I've sure. I've spent I spent most of all of my young adult life um, in the army. You know, even though I I did two years of college, but most of my young adult life was 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 in was in the army. That's that's all I knew. And right. you know, I went to school and things like that. So as I transitioned out, it was a shock to me. You know, um, I'm like, okay, how am I supposed to to function? Because all I know is you know, formation in the morning, get up at four thirty, you know, go to you know, go get home at ten thirty, eleven o'clock at night and turn around and do it again, you know, for X amount of years. So that transition is really, really important. And believe it or not, people really think that, okay, if you are military, when you come out, there are a plethora of job doors that will just fly open for you and that is just not the truth. That is just not the true fact because a lot of people won't hire you because they feel that you have too much um, you, you you have too much experience. So when you try to apply for a job that's 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 at a that's at a higher echelon is not there because somebody else has has that position. So you say, okay, well, I'll just settle for what I can settle for, and then people don't want to hire you because you're overqualified for that job. You know, so. You know, people think that doors just fly open because you have a a resume that says you did X amount of years in the in in, in the military, and it's just not that way. So, the transition is difficult. It definitely is, absolutely, and 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 you know, and and it is very similar, Pastor Sega. I'm glad you you said that because, I mean, and 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 not look. I want to make this – I'm not trying to take anything away from our veterans. So when I speak no, no, like no, this, no, I'm just – you know, I am just – I'm just, you know, trying to correlate my, my experiences and, 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 and how they, you know, kind of fit into the same – to the same problems, you, you know. Absolutely. And uh, uh, sure, sure, and, 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 and it is a big transition, you know what I'm saying? Uh, uh, I – I want to take a second. I know my uh, my, my my producer. He's he's like my go-to guy on on a lot of things. But Christopher uh, wanted to speak on something that we spoke on a few minutes ago, and that's uh, uh, on the cookie. When when I guess I said cookie cutter Christians, uh, uh, he wants oh, to speak goodness. on that a little bit, and I would love to hear his take on that. Christopher, can you hear me? Are you see somewhere not. Anyway, yeah, he's here somewhere. Yeah, uh, here. So anyway, uh, okay, go ahead, sir. All right. I just wanted to say God bless all of you. Uh, Melanie Davis, God bless you. Also, Sandra Grace. Martinez, God bless you. I want to. I want that shirt, by the way. Uh, and anyway, Pastor say go. What good? And of course, what good? Michael Savalo, cell life in the building. Hey, hey. And yes, I have to be one of those pastors that have to comment on this. And of course, we're on the most controversial Christian radio station in the land, so it would be fitting for me to say something in regards to the cookie cutter Christian. Well. I can I have to agree with that because a lot of a lot of cookie cutter Christians we only go by uh, old school theology. What do I mean by that? Well, we we go to these schools, we learn the Bible, uh, we learn what was passed down from our pastors, our ministries, and stuff like that. Now, when I first got into the pastorate, 
I had to understand that it's about people. It's not about how big I can grow my church. It's not about how much money okay. I can put into my church. It's about growing okay. people. And you have to understand that everyone has a path. That's what makes the great men and women of this Bible we read so great to read. Why? Because none of them were perfect. We have murderers. We have ex-cons. We have felons. We have a Hello. whole bunch of people in the word of God that Jesus took off the street, made them disciples, and they were the greatest men that ever walked this planet. So you cannot tell me that there is no way that God can't change any man or any woman that has that have changed their life around for the better. And we believe here at TPV Radio, everyone gets a chance. I don't care what background you have. We are here to support, and that's the biggest thing about Christian organizations. We talk a good game, but we don't support. And that's why we support Cell Life. That's why we support Amplified Life, Cell Life Amplified. That's why we support Real Talk. That's why we support all the shows that are on this platform. We don't just sit back, relax. We make sure when you guys are okay, when you're not feeling well, things are happening in your own personal life. It's supposed to be a family, and we have to grow together. That's the only way we're going to accomplish anything. Yes, all of us have our own unique talents. All of us have our own unique ways of communication, but we cannot be effective as a Christian organization if we don't bring all the elements together and learn how to coexist together and make fissures of men and women besides running them away and giving them an, uh, an opportunity to do the same thing that they did coming out. This show, Sandra Grace and what she does in the, in the behind the scenes with the government, and Miss Melanie and what she does just being a secular organization knocking down doors. What that that's sad to me. No no disrespect intended. But at the same time, as church organizations, of all the money we've accumulated over the years here, I'm saying we, because again, if you have all this revenue coming into your ministry, and you mean to tell me you cannot uh, donate to Sandra Grace Martinez's uh, uh, movement, you can't donate to Cell Life's movement, you can't donate to Miss Melanie's movement, you can't donate to Light of Hope's movement, you can't even donate to the Samus Voice Radio Network's movement. See, this is the stuff I'm talking about. So I don't mean to take up all the time, but I need to talk about that because, again, we have too many Christians that say they're Christians, but they have no love. How can you be a man or woman of God and have no love? Just case in point, yesterday's show, we had people upset because there was no word coming forth. So what I had to do, like, I'm, like I always do, I defend my brothers and sisters. I said, they, these men and women that Dr. Grace is reading off, shit, they have the same respect as I do. So if they are getting a proper honoring on this platform and you don't like it, you can, you can go somewhere else and listen because they are men too. They were not convicts when they were locked up. They were men. They were, they were their first and last name when they were born into this world. 
so, if you're not going to give them the proper respect at TDCJ, we're going to give them the proper respect here. And that's all I wanted to say about that. Let me be quiet because I'm going to take up all the show. So thanks, Mike, for letting me have the floor. And again, God bless all of you on this panel. And I'm done. Back to you, Mike. Hey, man, boy, we needed that. I know we needed I know I did. I needed that. Does any, uh, uh, anyone got anything to say? Well, you know, hey, that's um, uh, definitely, you know, uh, Pastor Chris and I, we always talk offline about it. And um, uh, if anybody ever uh, heard some of my messages on my weekly service, they're, uh, they're, 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 they're very radical messages. And I talk about, you know, today's church and how today's church is not clicking on all cylinders. Like uh like like you know like we should be, uh there's so much separation there's so much um there, there there's so much dissension nobody's working as a team everybody want to do their own thing but according to God's word Christ God's word said we are one in Christ so you know we it, it, it gets so it gets the the lines become so blurred because everybody's want to do their own thing and 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 I can't affiliate with you because you don't do this this way, and I can't. We, we can't affiliate with you because you don't do this, or you have a small building. We have a big building. You only have five members. We have five thousand members. So, and that's the problem. And I'm gonna tell you right now, God is not pleased with that. God is not pleased. He's with not. That. God, 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 God is definitely not pleased with that because the God, the word tells us that 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 Christ is going. He 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 died for a church, so when he comes back, he can he can marry with uh, a, a a church that has not one splat, wrinkle, or blemish. But I'm gonna tell you right now, look, Mike, everybody's on the line. Look, we need some spray and wash. We need some stay flow, and we need some cocoa butter because we got it all. In, <laughs> And we, <laughs> and we are, and we are not ready, and we are not ready for Christ's return. We are not. Right. Is, uh, Melanie, are you still on with us? Yes, here I am. <laughs> okay. <laughs> How are you doing, Sandra Grace? I'm still here. We. I. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got, uh, we got preached to. I needed that, but yeah, I, I really appreciate Christopher coming on. You know, when we when I first started this, I had asked him to uh, kind of be, uh, you know, my 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 spiritual advisor on this thing because I mean, of course, I'm I've been in prison for the last 27 years or 30 years, and uh, so uh, he always uh, helps me out. And uh, and I appreciate that because really what he said was what I would have liked to say, but I just said cookie cutter Christian. So uh, anyway, I needed him to say all that. But anyway, uh, Melanie, uh, uh, you know, do you want to continue? Or, or I, I I know that you might have had to go out early today, but would you like to continue yeah, I, on? I I, uh, I feel bad that I had to step out for a bit. So, um, but yeah, I mean, if you still have something that you want me around for, I have um, I could probably yeah. stay till six. So. Okay. Okay. Well, we're close. We're uh, we are close. And uh, uh, let's let's. I want to talk about uh, uh, the uh, uh, Love for Veterans campaign that you have, and the uh, Forgotten Veterans. Yeah. Well, you know, 
I wrote the vet, the book of veteran stories called Heroes, and originally my purpose for writing it, besides the fact that I just enjoyed interviewing and putting the book together, so I said, you know, I want to talk to veterans. I've, I've always been one of those that loves war, war movies. I'd pick a war movie over a chick book any day um, because it's just, those are epic. It's the worst and the best of humanity comes together because people are, are sure. sacrificing themselves, uh, you know, and fighting against evil. And, you know, it's just incredible, really. The, uh, the stories that come from war I, I find incredible. So I just wanted to collect them. And in the course of publishing this book, I hoped to, cr- to increase patriotism because who loves our country more than those who are willing to die for it? But um, although there is one story that comes from my relative, I have a great uncle who was a bombardier in, and he was shot down over France and spent the majority of World War II in a, in a prisoner of war camp, which is a really interesting story. Anybody out there who's old enough to know about the movie or the television show Hogan's Heroes, it was a lot like that. And oh, yeah. Story. I think, yeah. So that gives I you think idea, we're all old I enough. I know him. I just yeah. got his journal yeah. and just pieces of it. <laughs> I remember. <laughs> Yeah, you remember that? That's a good show. I remember. Who yeah. Shandra <laughs> Grace, you remember too, Shandra Grace. Don't even try yeah, it. Yeah, that old. <laughs> We're <laughs> <laughs> um, But I found out that I, but I was not really tightly connected to a military um, person in my family. So I didn't know. I didn't know how difficult life is when they get home until I started interviewing them. Once I figured out that I had been an ignorant civilian, then I started a campaign called Love Your Veteran. Um, and uh, that was just my way of saying, hey, these people are suffering because they served us. And um, we're never going to take care of them the way they deserve and need until we love them. Um, because you just, we tend to, right now, we, this is, I have this beef, okay. And I know some veterans don't mind it, but I don't like it when we walk up, shake someone's hand, say thank you for your service, and walk off and feel like we did our duty to the veterans. Um, I think too often that's as much as people get. And it's just, it's, it's so the, the tagline for Love Your Veterans is because thanks is not enough. Um, they need so much more, and we owe them more than we can ever repay. And, and I think we've gotten away from that. And, I feel like our country has gotten away from patriotism um, and away from really venerating and supporting our veterans, and that's still the case, still the case today. Uh, the suicide rate was 18 a day when I wrote the book, and it only went up from there. So um, that's a sad statement, but um, so I still, I'm still trying to help people through the, the veteran stories to recognize just, you know, what, why have they served our country? I mean, it wasn't for the paycheck. And some people, you know, like, oh, they got paid to do that. So, <laughs> you know, that it is, is definitely, definitely not, not for the paycheck. That's for sure. <laughs> that's right. I mean, it's nice that they have the GI Bill and things like that. But even then, every single veteran that I've ever met, they have the biggest hearts, uh, the most loving, compassionate hearts um, to, to, to sacrifice the things that they do. And it's definitely because of their hearts. And I think we need to recognize that. And I guess, you know, that, that's where to, to, to get a little bit into to current politics, but I, but I think it's important. Actually, this kind of is a good segue into another thing I should talk about, which is okay. tackle the shackles. You mentioned that phrase. And so, yeah, um, yes, yes. Yeah. So, so um, yeah, so, I, you know, personally, 
I I have a problem with um, with the kneeling during the anthem just because that flag is something that people have bled and died for, and I think that it's far too sacred for it to be used in that way. I do understand the reasoning behind it, but I just think that it's another sign that we don't respect our military when we choose that as a point of protest. But that but that aside, um, I do think that. Many in the military, uh, many in the you know in the NFL or the sports, are, they're genuinely expressing concern for injustices in society, which which I think we do need to address. And um, so, tackle the shackles is actually a campaign I've been working on with Lee Robbins that I mentioned, that's, that's the the co-author of Breaking Bars, and he started it. And I saw it and I said, oh my goodness, you got something, you got something terrific here. Um, so he and I have been working on a campaign to work with NFL players and work with NFL teams um, because this is, this is how I feel right now. I think we've seen the protests. We've seen the kneeling. We've seen the protests that have happened in the cities. There is a time and a place for protests. And then there's a time to say, okay, awareness has been raised from that. Now it's time to do something. And that's what Tackle the Shackles is about. It's about saying to, to, the, to the players that, that really are the role models, Hey, here's we want to give you an opportunity to raise awareness specifically about the injustices that we we deal with in our prison systems in the country. We have mass incarceration. The black uh, the black race is is a highly incarcerated. Um, there's prejudice in the court systems, and this applies to anybody who can't afford an attorney. Court appointed attorneys don't do the same job, um, and they often have a huge caseload and um, don't aren't paid enough to, to do the work they need to really defend someone. So we have a lot of uh, harsh sentences, too, because we've had this on crime um, push that kind of started, I think, back in the, the 80s um, to where we get really harsh sentences that the DA should be tough and getting reelected. But really, it's, you know, we, well, we I know. can rehabilitate people and, and let them out sooner. And so this is all the sure. things that Tack of the Shackles is about. And it's utilizing uh, the celebrity of of the NFL players and the teams to kind of come together and say, okay, time to do something, and we want to give you opportunities to do something. And so sure. this book that Michael will be in and um, Novena is going to actually have a Tackle the Shackles Collector's Edition that um, I'll, I'll be taking to different NFL teams. We'll have a lot of pages in the front that are blank except for the Tackle the Shackles logo where the team can sign the book, autograph the book, we can auction it, raise money, um, get people to read the book. Um, well, I'm hoping these are, these are the plans, but I think that we're going to see some of them come together. You know, having the Tackle the Shackles event where, uh, you know, one of the NFL games is the Tackle the Shackles game just like they do with breast cancer and everybody in the audience has a chance to make a donation, get a copy of the book, take it over to one of the supporting, um, you know, like a car dealership. I'd love to see a car dealership donate a car. And um, we'd raffle the car at the event as well. Go to the dealership that week. We've got different players there to sign your book, you know, get them to read the book, buy the book, um, learn, connecting them with NFL players. We do have a an ambassador. Uh, he was he's a Hall of Famer out of Georgia. His name is Buddy Curry, and he's our lead ambassador. Oh, and I was just on the phone with him on Friday, 
and he is super excited about this. And so we're going to be out there talking to NFL players and NFL teams and kind of bringing them on board. So it's definitely, I'm actually calling it a mega movement because I want to com- combine um, NFL teams with churches too. We want to get, you know, especially the mega churches, let's get them involved. Uh, churches should care about this. I mean, we're called to serve those who are in prison and visit those in prison. This is something that um, we can get all sides of society involved in, all sides of politics come together. It really is a bipartisan issue anyway. Um, the problems sure. with our, our prisons and the reform that is so needed. Um, and, you know, it's just time. It's time to, to stop. They, they're torture chambers right now. I mean, those guys and women sitting in those cells in this heat, uh, not getting enough water. I mean, I read posts all the time on Facebook from family members talking about. Yeah, know, we have not even we have not even mentioned for water and the guards just walking by. And we have not even mentioned COVID. I mean, yeah, COVID is rampant COVID, yeah, in our prison COVID. system. Yeah, so you know, not you know, kind of getting so. us up on that. But but the point is, I really think it's time for us to stop being so inhumane in how our prison system is handled. And, um, you know, I'm hoping that we can get the politicians and get the prison administration on board. I'm hoping that the silver lining that will come out of the horrible conditions created by COVID is that there's a light being shined on what really happens in the prison and what needs to change. And I I don't know. I like to think that perhaps the the administration of TDCJ does not fully understand, and I could be wrong, but I'm going to give them – I want to give them the benefit of the doubt so they can step up and say – Oh my gosh, we didn't know how bad it is, but now we know because people are finally speaking about it uh, well, much more frequently. Well, so again, again, just like Abbott, I'm not a friend of TDCJ, <laughs> yeah. uh, but uh, so you know, but, I but you know we got to work with at least for now, but um, but we definitely well, yeah, we're going to work with them. Yeah. We're going to work with them or force them, one of the or, two. Yeah. So exactly. you know. You know, there's nothing like the court of public opinion, and that's something we've been missing. You know, it's easy, it's easy to to bury these, these bills, and and you know, 2021 is a legislative season, and there's some really important bills, and and one of the critical things we need to do is get the public to say, hey, we care about this, and we want to see these bills passed, so that way they can't get buried and swept under the rug, which is what continually happened in the past. And, you know, we need people to step up and say, this is something that matters to us. And um, and that's that's the job that we have to do. And that's your job. Oh, I'm you fantastic. I'm glad that you brought that the Texas legislature. So. Do, you, do what, Sandra? I said, I'm so glad that you brought up the Texas legislature because I have my, my little timer. Uh, I have an app where I can find, uh, you know, the time that it takes from here to that time. So it'll give me like five days, you know, or it's going to be. Yes. Sure, sure. What do you got? What do you have, TLO? you have the TLO? I don't know what I have. Um, I just got an app. Legislature online. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they have that. So they've got, yeah, so you can go online and you can figure those things out. But. You know, there's some deadlines that, you know, can't be missed, like when the last actual bill, you know, can be uh, submitted and for review uh, and just a whole bunch of other things. And I think the legislative session is going to find – we're going to find it very challenging uh, this, uh, you know, this bill around simply because uh, there has not uh, been a lot of revenue 
uh, and we're going in with sure. uh, really with a big rule of don't even ask for money. You know, it's kind of like you're you know, you're going you can't we go to your parents or your kid the first time it's like Whoa. you know well my I say it like my dad's like you can come to me for anything you want. Just don't come to me for money. So I feel like that's what I'm going <laughs> yes. to You know, like when I go over to this legislative session, I think the LBB, the Legislative Budget Board, I mean, they, they're they already scratching their heads and going, you know, how are we going to make some of these things happen and, and allocate funds for this and that and the other. And I can tell you right now that um, TDCJ is going to be at the bottom of the of the list uh, of, you know, it just always has been. Well, um, that's the thing we need to change is to make, because it's such, we have such inhumane conditions, it's such, it doesn't belong in our country, the way that we treat people. That's why it's important. Oh, without a doubt. I believe that it's been interesting. And we need to to have the, there's certain things we can pass that aren't necessarily highly money-driven. The second look, you know what? There's all these people who've been locked up since 16-year-olds. Let's let them out. Um, good earned time, uh, you know, the, um, the having independent oversight, that's a huge problem. And granted, there's some money in that, but, you know, the oversight, obviously there's going to be somebody who has to be paid to oversee it. But, um, but some of these things I the, think are more a matter of just like let them out changes, you know. Um, and then sure. and if we can't take care of people, if we have to lock them up in hot places and not give them water, then what business do we have? keeping so many people in prison and maybe we need to take another look at how does the parole board make their decisions? Because really right now, to my knowledge, it's, there's, there's no criteria. It's kind of just, you know, flip the coin almost, or if they happen to read and, something and they like in the, so let's let just people so you, out. This mass incarceration needs to sure. be. I mean, there's, that's just let them out. Don't, don't pay to keep yeah. them up there. Just, you know, move it along. We are, we are working on several, several bills, uh, almost on everything that you just spoke about, Melanie. So, uh, you know, Sandra Grace is, uh, you know, working very hard and uh, keeping us on track. But uh, so, yeah, we are working on almost every bill that you just spoke on. But uh, yeah, and I you know, know we, I know that you are. I, I was just responding to the to the problem with budget. Now, obviously, that's going to be a problem trying to put AC in every unit. Uh, I can sure, see that. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. The yeah. There. But but as far as well, you know, that was something that I'm sorry. sorry. Yeah, I would love to go mm-hmm. and kind of you know when I meet you, I I think um, you know having people go. Uh, it sounds like you've got a lot of, of of good contacts, you know, to be able to sit in front of the committees and uh, be able to go and and put boots on the ground when it's legislated, you know, when legislature opens. Yeah. And I need you, you know, mentoring because yeah, I've never been involved in this before, to be honest, not really. Oh, um, it is so, so much I, fun. I I need a lot of coaching and mentoring and direction, and, and but yes, I want to bring um, whatever leverage and you know, just, I, I just think that we've got to have some people who have a heart in them that they just, maybe they just don't really understand how bad it is. Um, I don't know, but it's time to it's time to kind of educate them a little more. Hopefully, a change is coming, Melanie. A change is coming. That's all I got to yeah. say. Well, I want to be helpful. And, I, you know, I I want to keep enough a good relationship to keep my my program there because I think my program is a critical piece to 
to letting people out because it helps them be prepared. And, and it's my intention to raise all the funds needed. So it's not an expense to, to anybody's budget, but my own, you know, sure. um, so I definitely don't want to sure. have them look at me as somebody that's, you know, not to be allowed in, but at the same time, they got to understand well, that I've been in there. I've seen it. I've witnessed the treatment pers- firsthand and, and it would be immoral of me not to, to step out and say, Hey, you know, this isn't right. Um, so, Yes, yes, absolutely. No, no, we, we really appreciate you coming on, Melanie, and, 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 and you're right. You know, the, the opinions that, that, I, that I speak are, are mine, and I have, you know, I'm coming. I'm the only uh, convict on this show, uh, yeah. so, of course, I'm coming from, a, you know, so, so, so I'm coming from a different place, uh, you know, and, 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 it, and it has to be, you know, it has to be okay, and it, it's okay with me. And I love where you're coming from. I love your uh, programs. Uh, and so, you know, I, I, I think that, you know, they should be in every prison across the country, to be honest, uh, because they, you know, we are forgetting our, you know, our veterans that are incarcerated. And, and, I, and I like the way that they can teach, you know, our other convicts. I, I, I love the whole thing. But I'm excited about working with you uh, you know, and uh, Sandra Grace uh, is is my partner in crime and a lot of stuff. So uh, she is teaching me a lot of things. And then, of course, Pastor Sega, who's on with us today, has been a a, a great asset to us. Uh, 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 Melanie, would would you like to speak about anything else? Do you need to go? I mean, it's like it, it's. I know we've told you past <laughs> what you said. You well, you, you, know, we, you we, have we, been so. So generous. They let me talk a lot. I appreciate it. And yeah, I just I think I hit everything I wanted to and just to watch for watch for breaking bars with Michael Savito. Excellent. Okay. Well thank you so much, Melanie. Uh we're gonna go ahead and go into a break. Uh and and Melanie, you are welcome to come back anytime you like. Uh (laughs) if you know, we need to talk about some different issues. We would love to have you on as a guest anytime, uh, you know, to share your expertise. Uh, on these different issues, especially with veterans and uh, Pastor Sago is the same thing. But uh, we are going to go into a short break, and we'll be back with uh, questions. Melanie, I don't know if you'd like to stay on, but we are going to come back with uh, – we possibly have some callers, and we'll be back in oh, about okay. five or ten minutes. Yeah, and go uh, over I'll stick okay? around just in case. That sounds good. All right. Okay, excellent. All right, well, we'll be back in a few minutes. You're, you're listening to Cell Life with Michael Savalos right now on TPV Radio. Hey, what's going on, home team? This is your boy Gino Worldwide, Pastor Gino, man of Free Wave Radio, Generation Now Church in Murfreesboro. Hey, you are now listening to the Psalmist Voice Radio Network. Walk with me, family. Let's go. Yeah. 
I'm just a broken instrument in the hands of the greatest. So if the notes are offers, cause I ain't nothing to play with. And you can fault me, but ain't we all off key? Majoring in the minors like ain't no errors behind us. Somehow we still make these melodies with my felonies. I ain't buying nothing, they selling me what you selling me. Broken pieces acting like we ain't crap. Then we all messed up and can't no one escape that. We broken people came from broken homes. Broken hearts inside of a broken soul Alcoholics to addicts, English, African, Arabs Ain't no riches to fix it, you still broke when you have it If you ain't breaking bad and you still chasing a habit It ain't no wonderland, so we still chasing a rabbit Ain't a soul on the planet that's better than another And we all need grace in the face of each other What's up? Uh, I know she's been a big part of your transformation the last few months. 
Um, trust, trust me, I, I can't thank she her has. enough for that. So, uh, but what I wanted to get, I guess, from the pastor as well. So, what I, what I've been talking to Mike about, and is 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 how we can, like me as a friend to my brother Mike. I, I mean, I'm not I'm not a day minister, much less if I have the time to make that up and do that, uh, or even become a deacon, so I can go help and talk. But the, the, I guess the bad thing is, and I'll make this really quick. I, I ran into a friend of that, that uh, of ours that Mike and I went to school with. He's been out for a couple of years. Uh, I just happened to call him out of the blue because we touched base on Facebook. He was he was basically on, in in the corner ready to commit suicide um, two weeks ago. He and, and he had he had what's called the, the I'll say the screw it because he said life is just not treat me right. I don't have nobody. Ever since I've been out the last two years, nobody's been able to talk to me. My first thing was like, brother, you can talk to me. You can call me anytime. And I, I just sure. think somebody, and Mike, Mike's saying it's perfect. The transition is not there. And, it, and, it's, and cr- the Christianity, the church, it may not be for every guy, but, but, but nine out of ten of them, they need someone just to talk to and, and understand well, well, what's well, going on with them. Sure, Michael. And, and, and I'm glad you, said, you, you brought that up because, I mean, we are talking about a mentoring program. So you don't have to be a minister. Uh, you just have to have some love in your heart. And, and, and Melanie, I know that you can talk more on that than I can but uh, because you've been involved in, in that type of ministry. But, uh, you know, if you could just, you know, tell them a little bit about mentoring, that would be great. Me? Tell them about mentoring? <laughs> yeah. Sure. Yeah. You know, there's, you know there's, there's actually – You know, you know honor, honor mentoring – and then, sorry, yeah, yeah, should I know about that? You know, there's an interesting approach. Uh, there's two different approaches that are kind of discussed. One is coaching and one is mentoring. And in a lot of ways, they're similar. But, um, and, and I, I know that uh, my, my, my friend Lee Robbins out in Georgia, he's got a coaching program. He's got a really great concept where he is training people to be life coaches specifically to, to those who are just coming out of prison. And uh, and I think that's a really neat concept because it allows them to have that, oh, that, that kind of that person there working with them and helping them. And you know, we all we hear more and more about life coaching. That's kind of a, a trendy thing right now. But to think about and Buddy Buddy Curry, the Hall of Famer from the NFL, he's actually a life coach for reentering citizens. That's something he's doing now. And he's loving it. So can you imagine the great people that we could bring on board and just get them to connect with those who are coming out of prison? Now, me, I like the term yeah. mentoring, at least for what I do, and I look at it a little different. The coaching, a coach is kind of somebody who's standing above you, sort of reaching out and lifting you up, and, you know, or just kind of, I, I think of a personal trainer, you know, kind of cheering you on. And, um, but mentoring, I look at as a more intimate type of relationship where someone is sitting beside you and, and really giving you their, their, um, their friendship. You know, a mentor is a little closer to me than a coach. Um, and, and I think that that relationship certainly can, can happen with, with a life coach, although they tend to be a little more on the professional, you know, arm's length um, coaching. Um, but I really yeah, love the idea of mentorship. So. Sure, sure, sure. And, Michael, and I want to also say that uh, a good friend of mine, Jason Wysong, uh, also, uh, you know, uh, works with a mentoring program at his church, 
and it's there in Houston, Michael, and they do prison ministry, and they do a lot of different things, and we work with them a lot. So I, I, I definitely can hook you up in that area and, uh, you know, to see if, you know, you, if that would be something that you would like, Michael. Of course. Okay, brother, and, we're, and, we, and, we, we are short on time. I will give you a call back. I'm still looking for a vehicle, Michael. See what you can do for me, brother. I'm looking out. I'm looking out for you. Thank, thank y'all for uh, okay being on the program. Yeah. Okay. All right, yes, I'll give you a call later. Thank Love you, you, man. Love you too, brother. All right. Well, Michael Tobias, this is Sandra, and I just wanted to talk really quick about that. And it sounds like you know this this caller uh, it, that is traumatic to uh, you know have to. Uh, console and uh, uh, during a crisis, uh, another human being, uh, especially when the world is the way it is, uh, sometimes, you know, our wings, you know, are, are not as, you know, as, you know, as, uh, as they're not allowing us to fly as high as we want to. So I just wanted for the record, um, and if, you know, uh, Pastor Christopher can put this on the, his website or somewhere along the line, I don't, I don't know where, but I'll definitely going to repost it on my face. Absolutely. We have to make sure that those in crisis that are at that point where they are wanting to do, when, when they are homicidal, they have a plan, they have intent that they need to call the suicide hotline at the least. Sure. Yeah, you know, just if, if, if people feel like, I don't know how to deal with it, I don't know how to deal with someone who's in crisis, you know, at the least, the suicide line, uh, but 911 is always recommended. And as this clinician, I, I would be, um, you know, I would be reckless not to say anything about that. When absolutely, absolutely. Saying, and I apologize, Sandra Grace. It was. It, no, 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 no. You're absolutely right. Me and um, me and Michael. It was something that me and Michael had dealt with before, so he, he definitely had the resources that he needed uh, to uh, to help the person. And uh, uh, so, you know, it was just uh, uh, so I've, I apologize for being insensitive to that to that particular thing. Thank you very much, Sandra. Uh, no, no, you, you are absolutely right. Uh, always, I always make sure that everybody's got the, you know, 1-800 number, which is 1-800. Sure. Num- the 1-800 is 1-800-273-8255, and that is a 24-7 suicide hotline. That's 1-800-273-8255. They speak Spanish. They speak English. If they can't, you know, if you don't if you speak another language, they will find somebody. So that's always a great resource. It's free, and it's 24-7. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Okay, so uh, uh, I, I'm not sure. Uh, do we have another caller, Christopher? Uh, yes, sir. We have one more on the line. Uh, so for security purposes, 5352, 5352, you are live on Cell Life with Michael Savalos. God bless you. Hello, caller. How you doing? Well, hello, Michael. It's your mentor. Hey, what's going on, Jason? <laughs> well, I figured I figured I've heard my name so much that I should go ahead and call in. Just just go ahead and call in myself. Well, good. <laughs> I'm glad you did. We'd love and, to hear from you. You've been on the show a few times. Uh, we well, would love to hear what you got well, to say, brother. 
Well, technically, maybe this counts as my third time, maybe. I don't know. I'm, I'm climbing up there in the rankings. It is. It, it is. You're, you're, you're right behind Sandra Grace. I am. I'm, I'm, I am. I am. I just got to get a to the host, and I can catch up. So, so I, I, just, I, just, I know you don't have your show on time, so I just wanted to say real quickly, um, you know, it is, um, it is truly an honor. No pun intended, Melanie. It is truly an honor to um, to be used by the Lord in the way that I have been, to be able to make the connections I have, put all of you, you know, Melanie and Michael and, and everyone, you know, the people I have, make the connections I have. And so um, so I appreciate, you know, the nod and, and you know, mentioning me. But, uh, you know, as, as we say, you know, hey, the glory goes to God. And, and it's an honor for me that, that he has chosen me to use me in the mighty ways he has. Um, so I wanted to say Amen. that first, and also, Absolutely. and also just, just for just for my friend Melanie, you know, um, I just want to uh, on the air uh, just thank her not only as a veteran myself uh, for her work, but also just um, the, the willingness to be the trailblazer she is. You know, um, as you know, Michael, I, I come from the traditional prison ministry machine. Right. So yes, sir. The, 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 path <laughs> the one we spoke about earlier. Yes. Yes. So the path was already hoed for me, you know, years by many generations ahead of me. But Melanie didn't have that. Melanie made her own trail. Right. She didn't have anybody to go ahead of her and get the approvals ahead of her like has been for me. So I just want to recognize her for the work she's the hard work she has done and all she's accomplished. And she's truly, truly deserving of her awards and recognition as well. So I just wanted to, to make sure Aww. that everybody, yes, yes. Thank you, Jason. I'm going to buy you dessert on Tuesday for that. <laughs> <laughs> Good. We're all going to get our cake. We're going to lunch. <laughs> well, there you go, Jason. There you go, bro. Yes. Yes. But that, that's all I had. I don't want to take up too much of your time. I'll let you get to someone else. <laughs> No, 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 no. Thank you so much, Jason, for calling in. And, uh, you know, uh, of course, usually uh, I usually run things by you. And, uh, you know, I just really appreciate you allowing me to, uh, you know, uh, allowing me to grow and mentor me along the way. And I just really appreciate it. Thank you, Jason Wysong. I appreciate you, bro. I love you, man. You, 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 know, you know, one thing my mother always used to say to, to me, Every time I would thank her for whatever it is, she'd say, don't thank me, thank God, you know? And so, yeah. Well, there you go. God, and, and I, I appreciate you, as, you all as well. All right, brother. Well, all right. Well, we'll see. Uh, and I will see you on Wednesday. We will. Yes. All right. Thanks, all right, everybody. Ben. All right. Bye-bye. All right. Well, uh, Melody, I want to thank you so much for being on the show. If you have any, uh, uh, you know, closing remarks, I, I, I would like Pastor Sago to pray us out today, if you don't mind, sir. Uh, but uh, I would like everyone to have an opportunity to say something before we leave. Melly, I'd like you to start off, and then Sandra Grace, and then, of course, Pastor Sago, please. Yes, sir. Okay. Well, real quick, I, I, anybody who, who might be listening that love and want to get involved, I'd love to include you in any way. Um, if you want to learn more about what I do, my web address is loveyourveterans.org. At the top of the website, there's a film. It's actually an hour and a half long because it's a, it's a, a telethon that we were able to show across Houston and Beaumont. 
But um, just the first 10, 20 minutes is, will give you a lot of information. And if you want to keep watching it, do, because it's got some great information. And you can contact me there, or my email address is Melanie, M-E-L-A-N-I-E, at loveyourveterans.org. So send me an email, and I'd love to connect with anybody that feels called to get involved in what I do. Excellent. Excellent. All righty. Well, thank you so much, Melanie. And, uh, you know, uh, I look forward to working with you in the future. So I really appreciate you being on the show. Uh, Sandra Grace, would you like to say? I just want to say thank you again to Melanie and Pastor Sago. I I just appreciate you guys taking the time on your Sunday and to come on uh, the podcast and just, you know, talk about your experiences and, and how you've turned your experiences, your your journey, how you turned it into a mission, and and that mission has given you a sense of meaning and and also by default others as well. And so I commend your efforts and God bless both of you. Thank you, thank you. Well, Pastor Sago, would you like to uh, say some last remarks and then go ahead and pray us out, sir, please? Yes, sir. Well, I, I look. I am. I, I'm. I've been excited to to hear everything, and it's been a pleasure, Mike. I'm glad for you. You know, invite me on. You was on my show on Thursday, uh, so man, yes, it sir. was uh, it was an honor. It was an honor to come on and um, and just continue to learn. You know, uh, but hey, I, I, I support if I can. I, I'll support anything that can help uh, our veterans, uh, you know, uh, our brothers that are that, that are incarcerated because regardless of what we believe, rather they're part of a of a of a body of Christ or they're not a part of a body of Christ, they're still our brothers and sisters and our responsibility as ordained by Christ is that we love on our people. So uh whatever I can do uh to uh to, to help out um, you know, I have a few things going on. Uh, I'm beginning to start a new outreach for the uh, for the community called Blessings on the Block Community Outreach. Um, it's helping our homeless, helping our veterans, helping uh, those people that are in um, uh, situations with domestic violence. Whatever we can, you know, we're, we're just we're just beginning that. So uh, I'm I'm here to help. I'm here. Uh, and hey, I love each and every one of you guys so much. Thank, thank you so much, Pastor. Uh, I mean, if you'll go ahead and pray us out, sir, we'll. Uh, I'll go ahead and close the show out when you get through. Thank you so much. All right, yes, sir, yes, sir. Uh, so, uh, Father God, we we thank you, God, for um, these uh, great men and women that do all they can, uh, the work that they do for you. Uh, and, and, and the glory they're going to give you through the work that you have ordained for them uh, to do. Um, and I ask right now, Father, to, 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 to bless uh, bless Melanie and everything that she does, what you laid on her heart. Uh, bless my brother Michael uh, for everything that you have for him to do, Lord God. And bless uh, Sandra Grace for all that you have for her to do, Father. And if we roll our sleeves up and put our hands to the plow, Lord God, there is nothing that we can't achieve because you have given us the power to achieve it. We thank you. We give you all the glory, honor, and praises in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Pastor Sago, thank you so much for being on the show. Melanie Davis, thank you. Y'all are both have, have an open invitation to my co-host, Sandra Grace Martinez. 
Thank you so much for being on the show with me today, Sandra Grace. It is always an honor having you on and uh, uh, working with you. So uh, this is Cell Life. Y'all can check us out on all kinds of uh, uh, different platforms. Uh, we are on Facebook Live. We have Cell Life and Cell Life Amplified with me and Sandra Grace Martinez. We have a YouTube channel. We have a TikTok. We have it all. Y'all just come check us out, and we are trying to get the word out and try, trying to save lives during this time of COVID and just trying to, you know, make more humane conditions for men everywhere and women everywhere in the world. So we love y'all. This is Cell Life. It's Michael Savalas, my co-host, Andrew Grace Martinez. We'll see y'all next week. Good night. Love you guys. Love you guys. Bye-bye. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.